the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Lexi Abramson and I'm 11 years old. Coming up on Kaikis today, I have a manager from the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa, also known as the Pretoria Zoo. Joining me in studio, his name is Craig Allenby, yes? Allenby, that's right, yes, Lexi. I can't get anybody's surname right. (laughs) We'll practice on it. Yeah, and I'll be speaking to you in a little while. Thank you. Like right now. Also on the show, I will have a general knowledge question to challenge your brain and a Kaikis riddle to challenge your thinking. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest, or if you want to answer the general knowledge, or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged 1 Rand 50 cents. You can send me a WhatsApp on 062-148-2374. And please sign your name. Get ready for for an inte- get ready for an entertaining show on Kharkis today. So stay tuned. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Lexi Abramson and I'm 11 years old. Craig, did you know what song that was? Well, I had a very good serenade here in the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you know any, no idea? No, I have to give up. <laughs> when I Grow Up from Matilda. Oh, Roald Dahl novel. Yeah, Roald yeah. Dahl. I love Roald Dahl. He's a genius. But coming up, I've got the High Kids riddle, and you can win a prize from Kid & Co. If you're the first one to get the right answer, remember, you have to give others a chance to win. So if you have won on High FM in the last 90 days, which is a long time, you can w- still enter the riddle, but you won't be able to win the prize. Get ready for the riddle. Also, I have Craig Allenby. Did I get it? Close enough. Close enough with me the manager from the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa. So send your questions to 34519 or WhatsApp to 062-148-2374. You could win tickets to the zoo. That's right after this. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Lexi Abramson and I'm 11 years old. Did you know what this song was, Craig? Do you know what song this was? Uh, no. <laughs> I should pay attention. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it's called Another World from A Little Princess. Oh. I've actually not seen the movie. I'm not a princess, I'm a child. But anyway, are you ready for the riddle? Here it is. What has a thumb and four fingers, but is not alive? If you know the answer, then SMS the answer and you and your name to three four five one nine. You could win a prize from Kid and Co. Who doesn't want that? I know, right? I will be wrapping up the riddle in three minutes, so send your answer now. Otherwise, it's too late. You're listening to Hi Kids on one hundred one point nine High FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Lexi Abramson, and I'm eleven years old. I have Craig Allen Barr. Did I get it? Allen B. Allen B. Okay. <laughs> Allen B. In studio. He is the manager from the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa, and I have questions for him. And you could win tickets to the zoo. But before I speak to Craig Allen Bay, 
Good. Slide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap up the riddle. Lots of no no answers have come through. So let's wait until after the next song, and then we'll give the answer. But if you haven't heard and you just joined in, the riddle is: What has a thumb and four fingers but is not alive? Do you know the answer, Craig? Goodness, I'm wrecking my mind, but I think I have an idea.、Mm-hmm. We'll see after the song. But also, you can win a prize from Kid and Co. And Mandy will call. We'll get your details after High Kids today. But who wouldn't want a prize from Kid and Co? I mean, Kid and Co is awesome. After the song, I will be asking Craig, Alan, bye, B, B, <laughs> Alan, B, some questions. So stay tuned and remember, you could win tickets to the zoo and a prize from Kid and Co. You're listening to High Kids on one hundred one point nine High FM. This is High Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Lexi Abramson. And can you guess my age? Yes, I'm 11 years old. My guest is Craig Allen B. That's it, Craig. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I need applause later. And he is the manager from the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa, also known as the Pretoria Zoo. Um. So this song was. Let me just check, Aruni. <laughs> I'll tell my ma, me ma, from the Wiggles. Me ma sounds a very good name. Well, are you are you ready for the questions I'm going to ask? Craig Allen B. Great! Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so let's jump right into him. So the Pretoria Zoo is is now known as the National Zoological Gardens of South, Afri- South Africa. How did it get its name? Well, the zoo's got a very interesting history. We're almost 120 years old. We were established in 1899. Mazel tov. <laughs> it's interesting, and it's quite interesting how that happened. A lot of animals that were being、uh, exported to Europe actually got stranded in South Africa. You know, those of you who are quite interested in history will know 1899 in South Africa was quite an important year. That's when the South African War broke out. So all these animals got stranded in Pretoria, and what happened? The director of a museum he decided, well, he doesn't want to slaughter all these animals; he doesn't want to kill them. So he started the zoo, and then in 1916 we became the National Zoo of South Africa. So that's where our name comes from. But again, everybody knows us as the Pretoria Zoo because that's where we are. You're in Pretoria. Indeed. Indeed, you are. Okay, let's go on to another one. Why is the zoo so famous? That's the question I want to know. Why is it so famous? Well, first of all, the zoo is one of the largest in the world. We've got 85 hectares. That's quite large.、Wow. <laughs> There's a number of walkways. We have about six kilometers of walkways, so people can think how large the zoo is.、Um, but we were actually very instrumental in changing the way that zoos used to exhibit animals. At that stage in Europe and North America, animals were rarely kept in cages with concrete floors and was quite harsh environments. And we were the first zoo that actually started to show them more in a natural environment. So that's what made us so famous. It's actually the way of changing. We did it was quite revolutionary. It was the first zoo really to show animals in natural environments.、Mm. First zoo like that must be a good title to have. Yeah, indeed. Very good. How many people visit the zoo every day? Well, of course, it's seasonal. You know, we have good weather, bad weather,、uh, school holidays. But like a weather of today. Well, it's not a great time of the year. Everyone's writing exams now. <laughs> But if you go to you know busy days like over weekends, and that we have about four or five thousand people、really? a day coming through. Wow. But on eighty-five hectares, you hardly notice them. You know, there's enough <laughs> space. It's not crowded or anything. <laughs> How many people visit? Wait, no, I've just said that one. I'm so silly. Can you tell me a bit about the different areas in the zoo? Well, what we try and do is we try and display animals in in similar areas or similar type of animals that occur in similar areas together. So we've got our aquarium and our reptile park. 
Uh, we've got a Komodo dragon, which we call a Dragons and Monsters display. <laughs> we've got the Heart of Africa, Slither City, which is more the Reptile Park. Really cool. So, yeah, that's the kind of areas that we've got in the zoo. That's really cool. I can't. I actually have never been there. I really want to go now, more desperately than I was before. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. I'd love to know about some of the ex- exhibit exhibits. There we go. Exhibits <laughs> that you have at the zoo. Could you tell me about them? Yeah, big word exhibits. Who worked that <laughs> into this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got some. Well, as I mentioned, you know, we changed the way that we actually displayed animals. And the next step in, in zoo design or the way you show animals is about creating immersive exhibitry. Now, that's another big word. But that basically means we try and take people into the area where the animal occurs. So basically into the enclosure without being, you know, having any risk to the animal or to the people. So some of our new type of exhibits would be our walk through Avery which is a large six, it's equivalent of a six-story building. Uh, we have Stormy Bay, which is where we, um, we display our uh, Cape Fur Seals. So that takes you into a harbor area because that's more or less where most people will get to see um, fur seals. Uh, then we've got nice big on-the-mountain areas. We've got all our carnivals there. So we've got uh, tigers. We have a beautiful white tiger called Winston, lovely animal to see. Uh, we've got a number of, of lions. No, your producer's not too keen on lions. <laughs> and uh, Vussy, Vussy. Oh, so Vussy, okay. <laughs> so we've got to bring him out there to come and show him then. I asked him, does he want to come to two? He says, no, if there's lions, I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, if you go through to, to the aquarium, uh, we've got some, some beautiful ragged sharks on. I must remember to tell you something about those sharks, why we can display them. Mm. So those are some of the exhibits that we've got. But again, we try and have what we call mixed exhibits. So you get a number of animals that occur in the same area, in a similar area, being displayed together as opposed to just single species animals. Mm. This is a very good question about exhibits. Did I get the word? I did get the word. Yes. (laughs) Becoming a zoo person now. I'm becoming a zoo person. (laughs) So do you have a favorite exhibit? I, I do. I do. It's an animal called an okapi. Now, okapi is a type of a bush giraffe. But it's actually, there's an interesting legend of how it, it, it got its form because it actually looks like three animals. So, of course, it's a bush giraffe, so it's got, you know, the same type of long neck. But the rump, the back part, has got stripes, so it looks like a zebra. And then it's got this beautiful brown velvet similar to an, to an antelope like a kudu. So it looks like it's been made up from spare parts of all, all <laughs> other animals. So that's one of my favorite exhibits in the zoo. And that's right at the heart of Africa. Mm. I heard there is a cable car at the zoo. So what can you see from the cable car? What, it, what are you supposed to do on the cable car? Well, the cable car is one of the unique features at our zoo. Um, of course, it's not as impressive as the one down in Cape Town, but we're the only zoo up here that's got a cable car. It's a wonderful experience. It's about a, between a five and five and a half minute drive or ride up to the top mountain area. And then from up top, you've got this 360 degree view over the city of Pretoria. So you can see the Union buildings from there, the Fort Tracker Monument, the CBD. But of course, while traveling up there, you've got this wonderful view over the zoo itself. So you pass right over the Kodiak Bear display. Uh, you see the, uh, the, um, the gorillas, you go across the Alpish River where you can see some hippo. So you got this wonderful view of the zoo as well. And once you get to the top, you can actually walk down. So you walk right past all the carnival enclosures. So it's a great, great escape as well. Oh, that sounds so much fun. This zoo sounds amazing. I've also heard that the, Predor- the Pretoria Zoo has its own aquarium. Is it common for a zoo to have an aquarium? 
Well, most zoos will have some form of, of display of fish in that, but what makes ours so unique up here, it's the largest inland marine aquarium. Really? So we manufacture our own seawater because obviously we, we don't have access to the coast. So our scientists mix all the right chemicals and salts together. And then we, we have actually a fairly large display. We can actually display uh, sharks. We've got a pair of ragged two sharks. And I remember I said to you, I, I need to tell you something yeah. about them. They're the only sharks that you can actually bring up you know, inland from, from the coast. And the reason for that is they don't need to swim to actually breathe. Most sharks have to actually breathe to get the water flowing over their gills and extract oxygen from them. But ragged tooth sharks don't have to swim. So they just actually suck in the water and extract uh, oxygen from it. So that's the reason why we can actually display them and not something like great whites or that. So they're lucky. They are. <laughs> but lucky for us as well, we get to see them up here. Yeah. So, I actually really want to see a ragged tooth shark. I've never seen one before. Never. Um, but anyway, what is the most interesting reptile that you have at the reptile park? I'm going to stretch it a bit. Mm. Well, there's actually two interesting ones. The first one I would like to tell you about are Komodo dragons. Mm-hmm. They're actually the world's most dangerous animal if you want to call that because first of all they have like a hundred different types of bacteria in their mouth and very few people actually survive being bitten by a komodo dragon but then a couple of years ago they did some research in australia and they found that they've actually got poison glands so not only do you die from this infection that you get if they bite you but you they also inject poison into you so they're quite a, a vicious animal and we're lucky we're the only we have the only pair on the african continent at at the national zoo the pretoria zoo so i think they're great and then we have a bit of a notorious but um sorry to interrupt yeah. do you actually like take care of them um do you actually like to hold them and what do you do with them if you want to feed them or like take them to a new place to stay well all our, our, our Zookeepers are very well trained in looking after the animals, but they form a real bond with them. So they know exactly what their behaviors are. The animals get used to them as well. So they will go into the enclosure to clean them um, and to feed them as well. But if an animal is too, too, too dangerous or if there's a risk to life, then there's actually ways that we do it. You know, we have separation areas, you know, back of house areas with animals mm. going to first and then we'll go and clean the enclosures. Yes. Yes, and what about the other reptile that I interrupted before you could say? Yeah, no, great. The other one's a bit of a notorious character. It's yes. our black mamba, uh, Houdini, and a couple of years ago he actually escaped, so I think he's quite interesting. <laughs> hmm. That actually comes up to one of the other questions I have later for you. Um, so what do you do when any animals get sick? Well, we have our own hospital at the zoo. We have a huge complement or a huge number of veterinarians on site. But we actually try and look after the animals before and make sure that they don't get sick. So we have something called a preventative medicine program. So effectively what that is, we check them out at least once a year and we give them all medication up front to make sure they don't get sick. For instance, the same, you know, what our, what we do with our kids and I'm sure your mom does to you, feed you full of multivitamins every day. Mm. So it's similar to that. So we rather prevent them from getting ill than looking after them. But should they get ill, we have a fully functioning hospital there, all the latest equipment, theaters and x-ray machines and just the best things. Mm. And how many vets do you have? Just in terms of veterinarians, we have four. Those are vets that look after them. But then we have a number of other scientists that are also responsible for for the health of the animals, such as a parasitologist. Now, a parasitologist 
guys that look for, you know, like worms in the animals, uh, ticks, how to control that because, you know, they do testing to make sure mm. that they don't have a lot of these bugs inside of them. Uh, then we have people that are responsible for looking after their diets. So there's a whole bunch of, of actual support staff that to help the veterinarians and the vet nurses looking after the animals. Mm. Really? I don't want to be a vet when I grow up. It gets scary. That's <laughs> scary. And do you have any tours at your zoo? Sorry, just say again? Do you have any tours at, at the zoo? Yes, we, we do. We have a number of tours. Uh, most of them, of course, happen during the evenings because we found that people coming to the zoo don't want to do anything organized. They want to have fun together, laugh, look at the animals, eat ice cream and candy floss. But our tours in that tend to be in the evenings. We've got two types of tours. One is called a sunset tour, which is roughly about an hour. You get taken around the zoo, shown animals, have an interaction, meet the elephants up close. And then we even have sleepover tours. Uh, where you can come and spend the evening with the family there. Uh, but all of this, of course, you've got to book up front for. Mm. Of course. Yeah, you don't want to arrive there to an empty door. No, that's very good. I'd actually want to go on a tour. I want to go on the sunset tour. It's really nice in summer. Now it's a bit miserable. So we, we actually close down the tours during winter, and we start mm. from September onwards again. And it's really, you know, when you get here towards November, December, it's a wonderful time walking around the zoo at night. It's kind of airy, you know, it's dark, you have all the animal noises, but of course you're very safe. I'm lucky, my birthday's in November. Well, there's your birthday party planned. <laughs> um, and how many animals do you have in your zoo? I've heard that you have 705 um, species. That's right, yes, which is roughly about between five and a half and 6,000 animals. Wow. Now, that's across the spectrum, all the way from fish to insects, carnivores, mammals, birds, ava, wow. reptiles. Yeah, so it's about 6,000. That's crazy. So do you have the most animals in whole of South Africa in the zoo? Well, we have the largest zoo, so it would obviously equate mm. to having the most animals as well, yes. Yes. And do you ever play around with the animals? Well, well, certain animals one can actually interact with, you know, the zoo staff and that. But at, at the Pretoria Zoo, we, we follow something called a hands-off approach. So we don't try and tame the animals down. We try and keep them as, as natural as possible so that, you know, we keep their natural behaviors going. Um, but, yeah, there are, you know, a lot of animals that habituate, which means they get used to humans very quickly. And the zookeepers form quite a strong bond with those animals. So they become extended family for zookeepers. So yeah, they, they really love their animals and you'll see them playing around with them. They also do something called environmental enrichment. Now, environmental enrichment is to prevent the animals from actually getting bored. So they can't play around with iPads and <laughs> Playstations and stuff like that. So we've got to find other ways to, to, to amuse them. So they do stuff like hiding away their food for them. Um, they spray different scents into the enclosure. Just a, an interesting remark. The, the Kodiak bears, for some reason, love Greek salad dressing. <laughs> so if you want to get them active, you just spray Greek salad dressing all over the enclosure. And they'll actually walk around trying sniffing it. <laughs> They'll put hammocks up for, for the leopards to go and lay in, and they'll create Easter time, for instance. We'll do big boxes and hide presents in them for Christmas time as well, you know, that type of things. So all of that is trying to actually amuse the animal, looking after their well-being, making sure that they're happy, but also gives an opportunity for the zookeepers to, to play a bit with the animals. That's so cool. I wish I could hide presents for them. <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> thing to do. So do you ever hide the presents and eggs? 
Slackham for Easter and Christmas. Do you have them? I have a fantastic job. I get to work with all the media and the stakeholders, so people outside. So that's one of the things that I get to do as well as make take people around the zoo, media around the zoo, and then I get to, to participate as well. Mm. Do you have any program to support endangered species like the rhinos? We do, yes. The zoo has a number of programs, and I'm going to try not to be too scientific on it, but we believe that if you want to save a species, you've got to do it from a number of perspectives. It's not just about saving the animals. First of all, we believe you've got to change people's behavior. So we have a very strong education focus, uh, train, uh, telling people what to do, what not to do, what are the causes for animals becoming extinct. Then we actually cooperate with or we work together with a number of zoos around the world in breeding certain species. We identify species locally that are endangered and we'll work together to, to look after them. And then we do a lot of research programs as well. So our scientists would get together and decide, right, what is a, pro- a, pro- uh, a problem out there in the wild that we need to solve? And they'll go and have a look at that. So we have projects around, for instance, the rhino. Uh, from a number of perspectives, we have the educational thing. So a lot of the school kids coming visiting, that visit the zoo will be exposed, exposed to what's happening to the problem. Then we actually work with a number of agencies out there in breeding rhino, not necessarily at the zoo but at other facilities, and then we conduct research. So we look at, for instance, the genetic diversity. That means you know, how different are each of the black rhinos. So we do those kind of projects to, to save endangered species. Yes. My school hasn't taken us to the zoo. That's a good idea, isn't it? Hey, King David, getting a good idea. Just listen here. (laughs) (laughs) So what about polar bears, who are also endangered because of global warming? Do you also do it for them? We don't specifically work with polar bears. We've um, made a decision at our zoo. We'll only display animals that we can do adequately. And there's a huge thing about polar bears, you know, bringing them to such a warm climate. They're not used to this kind of climate. So we would not actively work with, with, with polar bear. Mm. But we have other species that we work with. We tend to focus more on, on, on African species and most specifically on South African species. So you don't have any polar bears at the zoo? No, we don't. The closest we have are big uh, Kodiak bears, which also occur in, in North America. But the climate is, is more similar to, to what we have here. They have mm. extreme temperatures. We don't get as cold uh, climate as they do there, but they do very well in, in our environment. This next question, I think everyone will like this, and everybody needs to know the answer to this question. Do giraffes really have purple tongues? Yeah, they, they're actually very dark. <laughs> they bluish purple in color. Yes, they do. That is so cool. <laughs> Well, of course, they've got to lick their faces and keep them clean. So. Do they get a blue face or purple face? <laughs> no, they're not eating sherbet or mm-hmm. lollipops. No, but that is so cool. <laughs> um, and are and are there any animals that seem cuddly but are actually very dangerous, like the lion? Yeah, well, that's that's self-evident. That's obviously yes. But I think one that that's that people also think, oh, it's so sweet and so cuddly, and that or oh, koala. No, koala think, oh, look at that fuzzy little thing. But if you actually look at its claws, it's got huge claws and they actually scratch out and lash out with those claws. So that's how they defend themselves. And that fur actually is not very soft. It's quite spiky and rough. Are meerkats very soft? They are quite soft, yeah. That makes me want to cut them even more. (laughs) Now I want to feel a meerkat. But anyway... Has a zoo animal ever gone missing or escaped, like um, that black mamba you said earlier? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Any it, big animal? It doesn't happen often. No. It doesn't happen often. You, you might find that you know, on odd occasions something 
gets out. But it's normally we have so many layers of, of protection. So it might get, you know, for instance, out of its enclosure, but end up in a moat around it, you know, that separates it from, 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 from the visitors. But I think the only one that really that comes to mind, as I mentioned earlier, was, was Houdini, the black mamba. And he actually went missing for about three weeks. Mm. But of course, you know, we've got experts. We know exactly what the behavior of the, of the animal is. We know if he's going to be a poser risk, where to look for him. Yeah, we eventually found him. Where did you find him? About 30 meters away from his, from his home oh. in the roof area. Oh. So not really. Oh. He just went for a bit of a walkabout. Well, if a snake can walk about. <laughs> he went for a little slither about. Exactly. <laughs> um, and have you ever witnessed an animal attack at the zoo? Fortunately not. You know, that's something that, that hasn't happened with us. Um, but that's something that, that has happened, you know, from time to time. If you, I think just recently in the news, there was an incident of a tiger in, in, in a zoo in the UK that actually killed one of its keepers and that. So we're fortunate we, that hasn't happened here. We've got a number of safety protocols in place to prevent it from happening. But, you know, things do go wrong. People sometimes make mistakes. So let's hope that never happens to us. Mm. And has any anyone ever fallen into an animal enclosure? No one has fallen into an animal enclosure. We yeah. design everything, but we've had silly people trying to climb into enclosures and that. But fortunately, we've not had any any fatalities or anyone dying from it. Were they teenagers guessing? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> These are grown-ups misbehaving. <laughs> um. I was going to say something now, but I forgot. Oh, yes, you're a very fortunate zoo. Very fortunate. Yeah. Because nothing bad has happened. What is one animal that you don't have in the zoo, but that you would want to have? Oh, tough question. There's so many wonderful species and and creatures out there. But I think one of my personal favorites that we don't have would be be a snow leopard occurring there in in the mountains in Asia. And that's so beautiful, smaller than, you know, our leopards that we have here, Mm. but a very distinctive coloring and and markings on them. I think they're really, really cool. I want a baby version of that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everyone wants a baby version of that. (laughs) Fun. Yeah. Some people say that keeping animals locked up in zoos is cruel. What do you think about that? Keeping animals in in, in enclosures or cages, of course, is a very controversial uh, thing. But th- animals are dying out at such a rate. You know, every day we hear something new has gone onto the endangered list and that. And we need a variety of ways of, of protecting them. And zoos are one of those ways of looking after them. Because what we do as well is so many people, especially in our country, don't get an opportunity of going out into the wild, going to the Kruger Park and that. And they have a right to experience and to love wildlife as well. So that's one of the big roles of zoos. But again, we make sure that we display the animals in the best way that we possibly can. They get the best food out there. Uh, they get best uh, veterinary care. We've got doctors looking after them. So they actually have a we, – we look after, as I mentioned earlier, on the environmental enrichment, keeping them psychologically happy. So we do all that we can to make sure that the animals at the zoos are happy. So do you have a wife? That's a question. No, I'm not. But if you did, wouldn't your wife want to go see the movie Zookeeper's Wife? <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, moving on from that – question that I just said about Zookeeper's wife was he's on the floor. <laughs> but why did you choose to work at the zoo? Well, my background is, is of tourism, but I also have a passion for, for our biodiversity or our plants and animals in, in this country. So it, it was just an opportunity for coming together. It's like the perfect environment to work. And it, it's 
quite an inspirational place to work because you, every day you're actually making a difference to the world out there. Everybody, we have about 600,000 people coming through, through the turnstiles, and hopefully we're making their lives slightly better, allowing them to forget about whatever's happening outside in the world, the traffic or if they're having money problems or whatever it is. For those two or three hours that they're visiting us, they forget about that. But also if we can inspire one person to take up a career in conservation or to become an ambassador for animals, we've made such a huge difference already. So I think that's one of the great things for me it's, that, that the zoo allows me to do is to make a difference in the lives of people. Mm, that's true inspiration that we just heard right now. If you must it, shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire today with jokes. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> And what is the hardest thing about working with animals at the zoo? Is it their droppings? What is it? <laughs> no, zookeepers get used to that. You know, that's par for, par for the course. You can go and ask any mom. Is it tough looking <laughs> after the little ones cleaning their nappies? And they'll say, no, you get used to it. But I think one of the most difficult things is when, when you lose an animal. Um. Because, you know, some of our, our zookeepers have been there for many years, like 20, 30 years, and the animals have grown up with them. And if something happens to them, it's incredibly emotional and traumatic mm. for them. I think that's the most difficult thing. Shame. And can children volunteer at the zoo? That can make people happy, can't it? Yeah, they can actually. But first of all, what they've got to do is they've got to attend one of our holiday courses. It's called the Junior Nature Conservator course, which is for uh, learners in grades 7 to 12. So you've first got to go and do that. And once you've done that course, it's just a like a week course during one of the holidays. Actually, the next school holidays go one in. So once you've done that, you can actually join the zoo club. And that zoo club then is the way for volunteering. But it's more than just that. Not only do you get to volunteer at the zoo, we also take you out to fun, exciting places, such as the other science centers. We'll take you out to the Atmanis, um or the Hartupiaspoort um, Observatory, where they do radio observatories. Uh, they'll take you out to the Botanic Gardens, and you get to form part of a lot of science competitions as well. So if you're looking for a way to, to, to bolster your, your science marks and that, do the Junior Nature Conservative course, and then form part of our zoo club. Well, yeah. We're going to go for a song right now, and then we'll be right back with more questions. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Lexi Abramson and I'm 11 years old. Did you know what that song was? I'm going to keep asking the question of the song. I think it's something related to an aquarium or something like that. Aquatic yes, thing. from The Little Mermaid. It's called Far the Arms Below. Yes, I got that name right. But anyway... Um, we have a general knowledge question that I forgot to tell you, and it is, which planet is called both the morning and evening star? If you know the answer, um, SMS the number to 34519, or WhatsApp us at 062 148 2374. And we also have, if you want to win four tickets to the Pretoria Zoo, the question is, what is the name given to the Pretoria Zoo? That's a good question. <laughs> but anyway, we're back to the questions. Am I right, Craig? Good, good, good. Let's go. <laughs> I know the zoo is very big. So do you get a good workout every day walking around the zoo? Only if the weather is, is temperate. If it's too hot, no, then I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go and borrow one of our golf carts and, and drive through the zoo. Smart. Yeah. Didn't think of that. <laughs> 
And do you have to walk around? Well, are there other ways to get around the zoo besides golf cart and legs? Well, it's not just us. You know, uh, the general visitors to the zoo can hire out the golf carts as well, really? which makes it so much easier. Can children drive it? No. <laughs> you must have a driver's license. I have a driver's license <laughs> at Traffic Land. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you can try. Let's see if you can get away with it. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got the, the the golf carts that you can use. Of course, the cable cars, one of the big rides as well. And then there's some other small little interactive things. You know, if you've got a, a younger brother or sister, you can always push them around in a zoo taxi. Yeah. But mm. that doesn't kind of work for me, especially not in a hot day. <laughs> no. And, um, um, sorry, are there any places to eat at the zoo? Yes, there are. First of all, a lot of people like to bring in their own things. So picnic baskets are welcome. You can bring in your own picnic basket. Uh, but then we've got restaurants as well and we've got kiosks. So we do, you know, the usual kind of uh, food that you expect to find, burgers and crisps and cold drinks. And, of course, ice creams, candy floss, those kind of things. Yummy. And um, do you do anything to celebrate the animals' birthdays? We do. Because, of course, we try to get the message out to people to come and visit us. So we'll find if there's something significant happens or if a new animal comes into the zoo, we'll celebrate. But, of course, if animal tends to be one of the oldest, we'll give him a birthday party or if it coincides with the zoo's birthday. Yeah, so we do try and celebrate wherever we can. Um, and here's the last question. Well, 32 questions. We've made it. Marathon um, session. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think kids like me who haven't been to the, to the zoo should visit? Wow, what is better than standing in front of a, a majestic uh, gorilla staring into its eyes? What is better than seeing the real Lion King? I think that's one of the great things. You're such a fan do of Do have a lion cub named Simba? Unfortunately not, but oh. one of the big ones are. But come <laughs> and see our suricats or meerkats at the zoo. There's so much activity going on. If you ever need a name for a meerkat, um, why don't you think of hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of reasons to come out to the zoo. But best of all, bring some friends along and just have a fun day out with no technology. Thank you so much, Craig. Wait, I can get this. I will get this. I will get this. And I can't. No, I can't. I can't today. You can practice on it and when you come I to will. the zoo, we can check it out there. Yeah. Why don't you say your surname for us? Because I'm not, I'm struggling. Uh, oh, well, I'm Craig Allenby from the National Zoo and we're waiting for all High FM listeners to come and visit us. School holidays up front, come and visit us. So any shout outs? No. No one, friends, colleagues, anything. <laughs> All your listeners are friends and families of the Nationals of the Pretoria Zoo, so we're waiting for them to come and visit us. Thank you so much, Craig, for coming in. Thank you very much for having me, Lexi. And to wrap up the question that we ask you, what is the, what is the name given to the Pretoria Zoo? The answer is the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa. Well done to Gavi Admin, um, Venus Alexander, and someone you didn't give your name, so you're anonymous. But well done to Vin Venus. You've won four tickets to the Pretoria Zoo. So Mandy will get your details and we'll get you your tickets. Yay! And we still want to ask you the general knowledge question and the riddle. Which planet is called both the morning and evening star? That's your general, general knowledge question. You still have about two or three minutes to answer. <laughs> and also for your riddle is what has one thumb and four fingers but is not alive. You also have like two minutes for that. So send us a message 
um, SMS us at three four five one nine, or o six or WhatsApp us on o six two one four eight two three seven four, and then you can win a prize from Kid and Co for the riddle. So after the song, we'll give you the answer. Bye. In a minute. <laughs>